So last Sunday, it was Palm Sunday. It wasn't very long ago. You know, we haven't made it to Sunday yet, so uh, we're having a lot of services, a lot of times that we're gathering together. But we started a new Easter message series that we're calling uh, Look Again. And we said, if you remember, we, we said, if ever there was a time uh, when we're tempted to take an individual story in the Bible, uh, examine it for what it is, apply it to our lives for what it is, but apart from the greater story of Scripture, um, I believe it's the Easter story. So for a total of four messages over three weeks, uh, we're doing Palm Sunday, uh, we're doing Good Friday, Easter, and then the Sunday after Easter. So for a total of four messages, I want to challenge... Uh, every person, myself included, to read and hear the Easter story with fresh eyes and with fresh ears. Because again, this is a story that we hear every single year, and if we're not careful, it can become just routine, you know, in our lives. But I want to challenge us to hear it with fresh eyes and fresh ears. So our aim for these four messages is going to be to look at the individual themes, the extremely important themes that we see in the Easter story, and see how they connect with the greater story of God's Word. So last Sunday, uh, we began our series by talking about the theme of bread. Sounds kind of, it's, it's an interesting theme, right? Why would we talk about bread? But this is, this is a, th- a theme that we see all throughout God's Word. It shows up again and again. And whenever we see the theme of bread, it's a reminder for us individually. It's a reminder for our, our families and, and for the church um, that God is a God who will provide. God will provide for his people. We, we, we know because of the story of Scripture that he's provided for his people in the past. We know because of the testimony that's in this room tonight, because of your story, that God has provided for our needs in the present. And he promises us in his word that he'll provide for our needs in the future. And what's amazing is that while God promises that he'll meet our physical needs, this theme or this image of bread is actually addressing a far greater promise that not only will God meet our physical needs, but he promises that he is the one who can meet our spiritual need. And that, friends, that's the real need that we have, and that, that need is met in Jesus. Now, I was thinking this week back when I was a kid, life was a little bit different then, but when I was a kid, I learned pretty quickly uh, to watch for different clues in everyday life. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, so my dad, I've told you before, he, he worked a lot of long hours, but he was always there. You know, when we had a, a baseball game or a wrestling duel or anything like that, he was always, he was always there. But when he got home from work, um, if, if he had a long day at work, it was a pretty good indicator that we were going to have a long night at home. <laughs> and uh, if he came in and his attitude was good, we were going to have a good night. If he came in and his attitude was, you know, not so good, it, it was going to be a rough night. And, you know, his day at work determined a lot of things. Another example, when I was a kid, maybe elementary and middle school, when the teacher walked in the door in the morning, how she chose to greet the class was a good indicator of her attitude that day, right? So if she greeted the class and she said, hey, I'm so happy to see you, she was more likely to just look over the one or two students whose dog happened to eat their homework that night. And uh, I was never one of those students. I just didn't do my homework. So... (laughs) It's true. I didn't in high school. And, but her attitude, him or her, I had guy teachers that were great and girl teachers that were great, but their attitude when they came in was a good indicator for how the day was going to go. I also learned that certain foods or TV shows or, or movies, certain places that I would travel with my family created certain emotions in me. Maybe you, you can relate to this. You know, you smell uh, the smell of a freshly baked chocolate chip cookie, and it brings back a memory you had as a kid. 
Uh, my wife tonight, she baked these, these Easter cookies that had the Easter-colored M&Ms on them, and man, they're good. They're so good. But it, it brings back memories that you have as a kid. Or, or maybe, especially this time of year, you're, you're driving around town, and you hear out your window the sound of someone mowing their yard. And it reminds you that summer is right around the corner. And yes, it's right around the corner. I feel like we've had mild winter, really bad winter, and then we're just going to stay in winter. But summer is almost here, friends. We have hope. Can I get an amen tonight? Yeah. Summer is coming. We've got to loosen up a little bit tonight, guys. Come on. You know, you're also, you drive around in your car. One of my favorite things to see is the little league teams practicing outside. And it reminds me of sitting and watching the games and just eating a warm hot dog and Man, it just brings back such good memories. And, you know, thinking about these things, I don't know how we're able to pick up on these things. But I know that it's something that we can all relate to. For you, it might not be a chocolate chip cookie or someone mowing the yard or watching, you know, little leaguers play, play softball or, or, or t-ball or whatever it is. But we, we all have those things. And what's amazing is the themes that we find on the pages of God's Word uh, work in a similar way in our lives. You see, over time, as, as, as we grow in our faith, as we grow in maturity, as, as God grows us as individuals, we get to know God's Word a little bit better, and we'll begin to grow in our ability to read a verse and then remember that verse when we need it the most. Has that ever happened to you? You know, maybe you're sitting in the doctor's office, or uh, you're talking with a friend, and, and you just recall a, a scripture or a verse, and it's just so timely. You're able to use that right then and there. We, we learn to recall different parts of Scripture when we need it in everyday life. We'll, we'll remember the stories and learn how things connect in God's Word from beginning to end. And one of my favorite things as I've, I've gotten to know God more through His Word is that you, you learn about the individual stories that you've heard for years in Sunday school or on Sunday mornings. And you see that they really are just woven together to create one main story, one story that points to Jesus. Well, part of what we're doing in this series is seeing how, for, how familiar themes appear throughout God's Word, enriching and illuminating the stories that maybe we already know, like, like the Easter story. So for tonight, while storms, that's the theme we're going to focus on tonight, while storms isn't directly referenced in the Easter story, what this theme represents is central to the Easter story. So last winter, we worked through a, a three-week message series that we called Rooted. And I've heard from so many people in the church, they've gone back to listen to these messages, and it's made such a big difference in their lives. And it's so great to have a, a podcast as a church. We can share those messages with people. and You can go back and re-listen to things, but... We talked about how it's so important to be rooted in the right kinds of things. That God wants us to be rooted in faith. He wants us to be rooted in hope. And he wants us to be rooted in love. So that when the storms of life do come, we'll still be standing when they're finished. You know, we all have hard times or, or what we call life storms in our everyday lives. And when we go through the storms of life, it can feel like there's nothing but chaos all around us. Maybe, maybe you came to a Good Friday service tonight, and you're, just, you're in the midst of one of life's storms. You came to a Good Friday service, and you feel like maybe you're expected to dress up or expected to act a certain way. or Maybe your day at work was just no good. 
Or maybe a conversation you had with a friend just didn't end well. Maybe there's an illness in your family, and, and you just you, you feel like you're in the thick of it. You're in the midst of one of life, life's storms. You know, it, it can even feel like we get so far off track that we, we lose our way altogether. And God's Word is, is, is filled with stories about people who went through the storms of life. I mean, just a few that we've talked about over the past few months, like Adam and Eve. I mean, they were, they were kicked out of the garden. Noah was asked, asked to build a wooden boat while his peers watched and laughed at him. You know, has God ever asked you to do something and you just felt silly? People were watching you and maybe laughing at you. Moses and Aaron had to stand in front of Pharaoh demanding that he let God's people go. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked into a fiery furnace understanding that God might not save them. Joseph was forgotten about in prison. Sarah had to trust that God would bless her with a baby when she was anciently old. And Stephen, in the New Testament, he was persecuted and he was, he was actually killed for his faith. He was a Christian martyr. Another person who knew all about the storms of life was King David in the Old Testament. And actually, he's the writer of many of the psalms that we have today. And in these psalms, he expresses how he felt during these difficult seasons, during these these storms of life. Listen to some of these verses. In Psalm 69, verse 1 and 2, this is what we read. It says, Save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Now, if that's not a storm, I don't know what is. It says, deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. And that would just be like wet, nasty, gushy mud that you step in it and you can't, just, you can't get out of. He said, I'm in deep water and the floods overwhelm me. So have, have you ever been, just personally, think about this for a second. Have you ever been in the midst of one of life's storms and you just felt so overwhelmed, so much so that you didn't even know the next step to take? You didn't know the next word to say. You didn't know the next prayer to pray. So overwhelmed that you didn't know if God was even listening or if God was even aware of your situation. I would say that if, if that's you, you're not alone. You're not alone. Listen to how David responds to this particular storm. This is just a few verses later in verse 13. It says, but I keep praying to you, Lord, hoping this time you will show me favor in your unfailing love, O oh God, answer my prayer with your sure salvation. Friends, David, David understood that life was hard, that life was full of what we call life storms, but he also knew that he, he wasn't able to make it out of these life storms on his own. You know, many of us, we, we try to pull ourselves with all the strength that we have. We, we, even we try to surround ourselves with all the right people. We try to pull ourselves out by our own wisdom and our own strength. And David understood that you just can't do that. It's, it'll wear you thin. So what does he do? He calls out to God saying, I, I can't do this alone. I can't change the course of my life by myself. But you can, Lord. I need you to rescue me when I can't rescue myself. You know, isn't, isn't this true in our lives that maybe you've said something along the lines of, I feel like I just can't catch my breath. It's just one thing after another. I feel like I'm drowning. These are the types of things that we say when we're in the midst of a storm. 
In the same way that David did, we use the theme of storms to represent the, the difficult seasons in life. We don't call it a storm all the time, but that's, that's what it is. We feel surrounded on all sides. We don't know what to do. So just like David, we, we cry out. We cry out to God. E- even if we aren't sure that he understands, even if we sure, aren't sure that he, that he hears us, we cry out in hope because of who he says he is. And this is why the theme of storms matters so much in the Easter story. You see, the different gospel accounts of Easter, they're not poetic like the Psalms. And they aren't drawing on a theme to convey a difficulty. Really, they just spell the difficulty out for us. This is is a, a historical account. They give it to us plain as day. This is what happened in the lives of the disciples. This is what happened in Jesus' life. And and, in some of them, like Luke's gospel, they give it to us in such detail. I believe that's for a reason. You see, while the word storm doesn't show up in the gospels, what the storm represents is written all over the final days of Jesus' life. And really, there's no greater example of passing through a storm and being surrounded by a storm than what Jesus went through on Good Friday. It's the ultimate picture of what despair and pain and uncertainty and separation looks like. And on the cross, Jesus does exactly what the psalmist does. He does what David did and exactly what we do. Matthew tells the story of Jesus' last few moments on the cross in this way. Listen to these words. Matthew chapter 27, verse 45 and 46. It says, At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. At about 3 o'clock, Jesus calls out with loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? Here's Jesus in all of his humanity, voicing a kind of emotion that unites you, unites me, and every person who's ever existed throughout history. You see, when things are bad, when circumstances aren't right, when the threat of death feels imminent, whether it's physically, spiritually, emotionally, or even relationally, we all find ourselves wondering, is God there? Is God present? I believe that the biggest anxiety that you and I will ever have in this life, regardless of where we're at in our faith journey, maybe you're here tonight and you've, you've believed in Jesus you know, since you were three years old and you don't even remember the time that, that you started to believe, or maybe you're here tonight and you're just kind of checking things out. You're not sure about this Jesus guy. You're not sure about the church. You're not sure about what faith is and what it isn't. You know, we we live in a time where there's so much uncertainty about these things. So many different voices trying to tell us what truth is. But wherever you're at in your faith journey, the biggest anxiety you will ever have is whether or not God is present. Whether or not you are alone in the midst of the storm. Our biggest worry in life will be whether or not God is there when we need Him the most. And and friends, what makes Good Friday so powerful, so, so unique, so special, 
is the, the human burst of emotion coming from the mouth of Jesus himself, saying what we all want to say and feeling what we've all felt in the midst of the storm. You see, church, Jesus on Good Friday is passing through the storm. He's passing through the storm. Passing through the storm for Jesus meant feeling the desperation of being alone and abandoned because of our sin and because of his love for us. Jesus felt the ultimate separation, the ultimate absence of God so that you and I would never have to. When I was writing this message, there, was, there were a couple things that I, I wanted to just keep in my back pocket this week and just remind myself of these truths. And, and this is one of them, that you and I, we can be confident. We can be confident in getting through the storms of life, storms that would otherwise overwhelm us because of what Jesus experienced on Good Friday. And for those of us here tonight who who have a personal and sincere faith in Jesus, a personal relationship with Jesus, this is good news. This is good news. Good news that we, we aren't alone in our fears. Good news that we aren't abandoned. Good news that God is present even in the midst of the storm. Friends, this is good news for every person. But this isn't the end of the good news. It's not the end of the story. We know that, that the Easter story doesn't end on Friday. We know this story isn't just about Jesus' death. It's also about what happens on Sunday. Amen? Jesus was raised from the dead, defeating sin, defeating Satan, and defeating death. We no longer have to fear these things. Because we are in Christ. We are under the authority of Jesus. And because of what Jesus accomplished on Sunday, we can be confident that God will work in our lives so that we too can survive the storm. Even if it feels like it's just too much. So maybe you're in the midst of one of life's storms right now, or maybe you can remember being in the midst of a difficult storm. I want to I leave you with this, that when the storms of life do come, we can remember that the grace that we find on Good Friday, the grace that we find on Easter, on Resurrection Sunday, the, the grace that allowed Jesus to endure the cross and overcome death is the same grace that tells us no matter our circumstances, our God is present. Friends, our God is with us. Jesus went through the darkest moment. He went through the most violent storm so that we don't have to. He suffered abandonment between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday in order to make sure that we don't ever have to be alone. Maybe, maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you're here and you, you just feel alone. God's word tonight for you is that you are not alone. He's with you. Because of Resurrection Sunday, we can count on the presence of God in all things and through all things. Because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, when you pass through the storm, when you are in the midst of the storm, He 
will be with you. God is present. The storm represents that he's with us.